This episode of the Airline Weekly Lounge is sponsored by CellPoint Mobile, whose voyage booking solution enables airlines to increase direct channel revenues and conversions. Visit www.cellpointmobile.com slash voyage dash aw to learn more. That's www.cellpointmobile.com slash voyage dash aw. I hate to be negative, but this show is going to be really negative. We're talking about earnings from U.S. carriers, and while they all made money in the second quarter, in some cases a lot of money, every major U.S. carrier that has reported earnings has reported a profit margin that was down from the year before. You're so negative. I just call them like I see them. The point, of course, isn't to be negative, but rather to illustrate the trend, which can be revealing. For instance, United reported a 12% operating profit margin in Q2. Not bad, but it was the third worst among the nine U.S. carriers reporting so far. But if you look at the year-over-year margins, United was down just 2.5 points from last year. By that measure, it was near the top. So one might conclude United's quarter was more hopeful than its absolute profit margin suggests. I'm Jason Cottrell, Vice President of Airline Weekly, and joining me is the always hopeful Seth Kaplan, (laughs) Managing Partner of Airline Weekly. In this show, we're going to run through nine U.S. carriers that have reported so far, including Allegiant, Alaska, American United, Delta, Southwest, JetBlue, Spirit, and Hawaiian. We've got a lot to do in the Airline Weekly Lounge. Thanks for joining us. We're doing something a little different this episode. Normally, we would start the show talking about the big carriers. We'd probably discuss how United surpassed American Airlines in profit margin, and we will talk about that. But as I mentioned at the outset, we're going to focus on year-over-year profit declines because that's a lot of what this quarter was about. With costs rising and demands still very good, this quarter was largely about who best held on to their profits from the year before. And for fun, we're going to go in order from worst to first. Who had the biggest year-over-year decline? Who was least successful in holding on to its profits? The answer is JetBlue. Yeah, 19.1% uh, to be precise last year. This year, 9% and even 9%. So down, you do the math there, 10.1 points, over 10 points. Uh, so down the most in terms of how... Uh, you're doing this ranking, Jason. Also, though, with the worst absolute decline, uh, you know, so JetBlue here just uh, fractionally. I know you want to talk next about Alaska, you know, fractionally better than Alaska, uh, fractionally worse, I should say, than Alaska in terms of the the decline from last year. But the difference here is not that it, only that JetBlue declined the most, but that it also had the worst absolute profit margin among all the airlines we're talking about here, you know, which was not the case with Alaska. Uh, Alaska sort of fell from a, a, a much higher perch. Uh, yeah, JetBlue revenues uh, up, up 5% on, on a 6% growth in capacity in, in, in available seat mile terms. Revenues just failed to keep pace with the uh, capacity growth. That wasn't really the big problem. You know, if, if revenues almost keep pace with capacity growth, and if you didn't have a cost problem, uh, your margin would slip just a bit. Certainly not not worst among all U.S. airlines. Uh, the problem is that 
well, there was a big cost problem, uh, operating costs up 18% because of fuel, of course, fuel up 51%. Uh, but that wasn't the only thing, you know, labor costs are rising. And that's even before uh, really the full impact of what's going to happen to pilot costs here before really any of the impact of, of the new uh, contract that's going to soon be enforced now that pilots have ratified actually their first contract since unionizing, since agreeing to join Alpa. So that's all coming. And that's why, you know, JetBlue shares uh, have taken a hit. I, you know, it's not just about what's happened already, but uh, about concerns here about cost uh, going forward. So um, they're going to do a lot here to try to control costs. The, the big headline is JetBlue is cutting jobs, uh, which is something in the airline industry, unfortunately, not terribly unusual. I mean, American Airlines recently you know, cut jobs. They've done that many times throughout their history. But for JetBlue, uh, it's indeed a headline because they had never done that before. Um, a, a number of problem areas in, in their network to uh, their Long Beach base has never really gotten traction outside Los Angeles. Uh, Puerto Rico, after sort of bouncing back initially following uh, last year's awful hurricane season, yeah, kind of softening again. Haiti, you know, when you see headlines about what goes on in Haiti in terms of political unrest, think about JetBlue uh, in terms of an airline that's that's. Uh, uh, as impacted as any of the U.S. airlines uh, because of that. Uh, some areas of strength, um, you know, Fort Lauderdale, a, a, a huge market and a huge growth market, uh, seems to be going well. You know, New York, Florida, I mean, that's where JetBlue started, and it's still uh, one of one of its real areas of strength. Transcontinental markets, even, you know, not just from the Northeast, but even from Fort Lauderdale, uh, seem to be, doing well and look there are reasons for optimism there's a big a220 order it's still have a hard time uh as i say a when i say three something but it's a220 the former c series uh what would have been cs 300s now a220 300s coming to replace the uh the e190s uh you know a321 neos coming in we'll see if they take the long range versions of those to uh to fly to europe so you know JetBlue is doing a lot along with with reconfiguring its cabins of its existing fleet, uh, putting some more seats on board. Uh, but yeah, a lot of competitive issues for JetBlue too. Delta growing aggressively in Boston, uh, you know, to whatever extent that's a response to JetBlue's kind of modest growth from Atlanta. I wonder if JetBlue regrets doing what it's done from Atlanta and kind of awakening uh, that giant Delta at Boston. Spirit, by the way, uh, uh, adding Caribbean flights from Orlando uh, kind of complementing its its uh, Fort Lauderdale hub. That also uh, a competitive threat for JetBlue. Okay, as you mentioned, second worst on our list was Alaska, and they were right there with JetBlue. Both had a ten point one point margin decline. JetBlue was fractionally worse. As you and also as you mentioned, Alaska's operating profit margin was still a healthy thirteen point four percent, but obviously a far cry from their twenty three percent a year ago. Yeah. Uh, it's- Finally, catching up with them this this issue of integrating a far less profitable airline, Virgin America. Uh, the first few quarters after the merger weren't bad, um, but now, you know, the complexities of doing that, the fare wars in California, um, just lots of of new competing capacity. It's it's uh, you know if they thought they had their hands full with Delta in Seattle, uh, now it's it's just sort of a a, a multi front war. 
uh, up and down the, the West Coast where the economy is very strong. You know, demand is good, but everybody knows that. And so everybody's piling in. Uh, on top of that, you know, Transcon, I mentioned with JetBlue, very strong. And everybody's saying you know, the American United Delta is clearly an area of strength for all of them. You know, it turns out that Alaska's decision um, to not go with a lie flat product, for example, so they've got some Alaska planes still with the old first class product there, a la- uh, the, the, some Virgin planes uh, with, with, with the old first class product there, um, Alaska's planes with its um, uh, you know, sort of more short haul optimi- uh, optimized uh, premium product, uh, you know, for the environment as it is right now, people willing to pay for for live flat seats, uh, you know that that hasn't turned out to to be a great thing. You know, even if it made sense in the big picture in terms of not having to eventually have a subfleet of of uh, transcontinental aircraft, uh, a lot of little things went wrong. They they gave away too many award seats, uh, which displaced a lot of revenue. Um, even they even let partners grab too many awards. It's American, uh, you know, was able to 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 be generous with its own advantage members in terms of giving away uh, Alaska award seats. So, uh, so the management there is focusing on on four key areas: optimizing the network, upselling premium seats and other ancillaries, uh, improving productivity, and uh, and enhancing corporate culture. Uh, they say, um, look, there's there's a lot to be excited about. Um, they're now on a single reservation system, so that means they can optimize their fleet better. Uh, you know, put the three twenties where they should be and the seven thirty sevens where they should be, and uh, they, they, and they're reconfiguring the the the, the Virgin planes to a uh, configuration that they make sense that they think makes sense for the uh, the merged airline. So certainly, um, you know, there are still some inefficiencies related to the merger that are uh, that are rapidly going away. And importantly, this airline is 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 going to stop growing as quickly as it's been growing. It was still growing eight uh, percent year over year last quarter in 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 ASM available seat mile terms. Um, and we've talked about it before on this podcast, Jason. When a big percentage of your flying is new flying, you know, flying in immature markets, which kind of which typically take time to ramp up and, and and be profitable, kind of by definition, a big percentage of your flying is probably kind of tough, right? Um, now, growth does great things for your unit costs, but there there can be that revenue pressure that they've uh, that they've felt. And sure enough, all that growth I mentioned just now, eight percent last quarter, uh, they only grew revenues three percent. Uh, now, hey, had costs only gone up a little bit, that that'd be fine, right? But that's not what happened. Cost spiked. 18% added all up. And yeah, as you said, uh, second worst just by hundreds of a point to, to JetBlue. Okay, third from the bottom of the list is Hawaiian. Like Alaska, they posted a healthy 13% operating margin in the second quarter, but that was down from 21.5% the year before. So Hawaiian's margin declined 85 points year over year. Yeah, and some specific uh, issues there. Look, the, the volcano, um, although it didn't have a I mean, thankfully, didn't have the impact that you might think a volcano would have. Um, it it it, uh, it it mattered. Uh, Hilo, in particular, um, it was as a as a market was impacted. You know, it's people booking away because of the of the bad news. But um, you know, more than that, it was just uh, just all that competitive uh, capacity increasing there. Um, you know, all kinds of new service from the U.S. mainland and Canada. You know, all the ponds showing up with with a three eighties from Japan. 
And all this before Southwest even comes with its 737s. Uh, it sounds like they'll be doing some inter-island inter flying too, right? So, um, so again, another one of the stories, kind of like what I said about the U.S. West Coast and sort of related to that. I mean, a lot of demand to Hawaii comes from the U.S. West Coast, but, you know, strong demand environment, but uh, it's not a secret. Everybody knows it uh, and, and, uh, and everybody's flying there. So uh, in Hawaiian's case, uh, de definitely not, not a revenue problem. In fact, revenue growth outpaced uh, capacity growth. Revenue is up 7% on just 6% more ASM capacity, uh, but operating costs up 18%. So with them, very much a, uh, a cost story driven, of course, by fuel, fuel up 36% for them, but new union contracts too. So labor costs were up. This is an airline that, um, you know, with still a very good absolute, you know, profit margins on, on a global scale, but but with rather significant year over year um, margin margin declines. Uh, you know, in, in Hawaiian's case, it's looking forward to uh, to doing more with Japan Airlines, including including a joint venture there. They say that's already going well, even before getting the uh, the full benefits there. Uh, A321neos, everybody loves them. Uh, eventually, Dreamliners after 2021. Uh, in the meantime, though, yeah, this is an airline that I'll do. It's doing better than most around the world. Kind of has to stop these uh, these declines, which are at this point rather dramatic. Okay, we're moving right along, approaching the middle of our list of nine. The fourth worst decliner or fifth best at maintaining its year-over-year -year profits, depending on how you look at it, was Spirit. Their margin decline was 5.8 points. Spirit's operating profit margin was 13.3%. Yeah, another one of those that you know, plenty of airlines around the world would 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 love to uh, uh, be able to report a second quarter profit like that. And and Spirit here, I mean, the good news is that you know. In recent quarters, they've sometimes been among the worst in terms of decliners. So they are kind of getting their hands around that and just kind of adjusting to this new world where big airlines pay attention to them, you know, quite frankly. I mean, for a while, they could just kind of grow under everybody's radar and, and uh, the legacy airlines were content to let them do that. They didn't see them as, as, as a huge competitive threat. That all changed a few years ago. Um, and now, you know, they, they very much face... Uh, response from everything, all these basic economy fairs that are out there, uh, for example, that's all very much about spirit. Not only spirit, but uh, but spirit foremost. Um, so yeah, you had that uh, that margin decline. Uh, nobody is growing like spirit. I mean, thirty one percent ASM capacity growth uh, last quarter. Nobody else is even close to that. Uh, in fact. None of the other airlines we're talking about here, the publicly traded airlines, grew more than 9% during that period. So it's a major difference uh, with Spirit. As you'd expect, uh, you know, a lot of efficiencies to come around, uh, go along with that. You know, their unit cost performance is, uh, you know, is, is, is not bad, but uh, big downward pressure on, on unit revenues. Uh, this is an airline that depends as much as any around the world on ancillaries. Uh, the average Spirit passenger paid $58 one way last quarter, and then another $55 in ancillary services. Now, by the way, when you add it all up, even that total fare is still rather low, uh, you know, kind of on a per mile basis compared to, uh, compared to competitors. But it uh, just shows you how focused Spirit is on on uh, on those ancillaries. Uh, they say things, you know, they're they're performing very well at peak periods. Uh, they need to do a better job at managing 
uh, off peak periods. And in fact, they're, they're, they're varying capacity um, a little bit more. Um, they're growing less, by the way, from big cities like Chicago and, and Los Angeles, which at times have been, have been big, big focus areas for them. And they're just growing less, period. I mentioned that 31% uh, last quarter. That's going to come down to something like 14% next year. I mean, it'll still be at, up at the top of the pack of U.S. airlines, but we're talking you know, kind of slashing the growth rate uh, roughly in half. Another thing that's changed in spirit is this is a, 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 a much more internationally focused airline than it used to be. Uh, you know, they're getting to where international flying is soon going to be 15% of their total capacity. It's up from 9% last year. I mean, they've always dabbled, more than dabbled in the Caribbean and, and, and Latin America, but, um, but a bigger focus for them. Uh, than it used to be. I mentioned before when we were talking about JetBlue, uh, you know, more of that kind of flying from Orlando. Uh, so yeah, a, a, a more international airline uh, than, than Spirit used to be. Okay, four down, five to go. But first, let's thank our sponsor, CellPoint Mobile, a leading provider of mobile-first technology solutions for the global airline industry. Visit www.cellpointmobile.com slash voyage dash aw to learn about Voyage, their branded configurable booking engine designed specifically for your airline and the needs of your passengers. Now, Seth, before we get back to our list, we should mention that there are two mainline U.S. airlines we're not discussing today. Yeah, so uh, we're talking here about all of the publicly traded U.S. airlines, which, as it happens, have all reported their second quarter earnings. Uh, two other airlines uh, that are not publicly traded, but that in America, you you can figure out how they did uh, around the world. A lot of private airlines, you, you just don't know unless they tell you. In America, uh, these airlines do have to file uh, financial statements with, with the government. Uh, so you get to find out how they did, but you have to wait for it. <laughs> and I'm talking about a Frontier, which is a sizable airline. Frontier kind of in the same realm as Spirit and Allegiant, which we're talking about here. And Sun Country, a, a somewhat smaller airline. Uh, but the, both of those, uh, it'll be mid-September before... We know how they did. The recent trends, by the way, um, you know, Sun Country has actually been doing rather well in terms of improving. They're one that's, you know, in absolute terms, still not real good, but going in the right direction. Frontier has been kind of uh, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, starting from a good place, but going very much in the wrong direction. So we'll have to see if both of those sort of confirm those trends, but we'll have to wait. All right, so let's review our list so far. Bringing up the rear was JetBlue with a 10.1 point margin decline. Next was Alaska, also with a 10.1 point margin decline, but a few hundredths better than JetBlue. Then came Hawaiian with an eight and a half point decline. Next was Spirit, 5.8 point decline. And that brings us to fifth on our list with just a 5.5 point decline. American Airlines. American posted a 10% profit margin. Fairly disappointing for the second quarter. It is. Uh, you know, they, they had some operational issues. You might remember they have their wholly owned PSA regional subsidiary, a mess there, 3,000 cancellations. They seem to have bungled basic economy. I don't know if you remember, a year ago, United came out and said, oh, you yeah, know, we got it wrong. Uh, in their case, they just sort of went out too broadly with it, just too many cheap fares uh, just kind of available across their domestic network on every seat, and they pulled back. Now it's Americans' turn. Uh, in Americans' case, uh, it's making a big change. It, it, it is now going to include 
carry-on bags, full-size carry-on bags with the basic economy fares. And this was very clearly uh, because they felt that they had become uncompetitive with Delta. Delta went first with basic economy a few years ago. Then American and United, uh, you know, I've done it here more recently over the past year. Uh, and in their case, they went a step further. They said, you know, like the ultra LCCs, you're not going to be able to bring aboard a full-size carry-on bag, basically any bag that re- requires overhead bin space. Uh, and Delta never matched it. And and it seems like American was just kind of spilling share to, to Delta because, you know, people figured that out and uh, the fares were about the same. And they said, well, if I can have that benefit on Delta, uh, you know, not to mention perhaps just the revenue premiums that Delta always tends to take for you know reliability and whatever else. Uh, American felt like, look, we've, we've got to stop. So come September, they are going to be including uh, those those basic economy or the, the carry-on bags with the basic economy fares. Uh, we'll have to see if United, by the way, matches that move because they're now kind of out there on an island among the big three, uh, still restricting the, the carry-on bags uh, for people who purchase those fares. Um, you know, what else is it about American that, that caused them to decline uh, so much more than, let, well, let's say, I don't want to kill the suspense, but you know, they decline more than United because we haven't mentioned United yet, right? You know, they, they've got a much more domestic heavy network. Uh, that was an okay place to be uh, in, 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 in recent years when, uh, you know, just domestic was booming. Uh, some, a lot of long haul markets were problematic. Uh, so American, you know, is 64% a domestic airline in terms of its ASMs, whereas United and Delta are kind of more 50-50 domestic versus international. So you've got Delta, as, as we discussed in our last episode in its earnings call, uh, you know, having said, look, things are going well internationally, uh, Europe, even Asia, American with less of that exposure. The one place it is overexposed in terms of long haul is Latin America. And guess what? That's that's a more problematic region where the good things that are happening in Europe and Asia are not necessarily happening. You know, Brazil, for example, still under pressure uh, when things are bad in Brazil. That's more of a problem for American uh, than it is for um for Delta and American. This is uh, an airline where unit revenues rose just uh, 2%, you know, cost of course up a lot more than that. Yeah, and 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 a lot was was going well. Total revenues by the way rose 4%, operating cost though up uh, here it was. I was looking for this before, up 11%. Uh, and you add that up, and that's where you get the big declines. When your revenues rise four percent, your costs rise eleven percent. You know your margins are going to uh, contract. You know what investors are concerned about here is that it, it it doesn't seem to have ended in terms of these these uh, these lagging margins. Americans saying uh, this peak third quarter that we're in right now, they're looking at a pre-tax margin. Uh, so, Jason, we're talking about in the show operating margin is where we're ranking pre-tax margin, which tends to be a, a bit lower than than uh, than operating margin. But uh, anyway, five to seven percent uh, down from ten percent last year. That's a rather weak uh, third quarter uh, pre-tax margin. Um, Americans deferring some aircraft deliveries, the A three twenty one Neos in particular. Uh, they already deferred some. Boeing 737 Maxes. Uh, They've got a lot to be excited about. Look, nobody else has more on the horizon in terms of uh, possible joint ventures, for example, among the US Big Three. LATAM, Qantas, perhaps, you know, Aer Lingus maybe joining the, uh, the, the, 
the joint venture across the Atlantic. You're getting closer with China Southern, no joint venture yet with a Chinese carrier. But uh, but so yeah, no, there's 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 a lot of good uh, going on in American. But the reality is that now, um, you know, not only are they did they start from a worse point than Delta, especially, um, but far from closing the gap, which a few years ago they you know they thought was in sight, uh, they're actually slipping against Delta and uh, even against United. Okay, we're moving into the winners portion of our show. Sixth on our list and fourth from the top was Allegiant. By the way, Allegiant took the crown for best absolute profit margin this quarter with a handsome 17% operating profit margin. That was down 4.3 points from the year before. But remember, everybody was down. So a 4.3 point slide is arguably something to celebrate in this environment. Seth, how did Allegiant do it? Well, quite simply with cost growth that wasn't as much in excess of revenue growth as was the case in other airlines. Uh, Revenue up 9%, costs up 15%. uh, So, you know, you're going to have contraction there, margin contraction when costs are up more than revenues. But remember some of those other airlines we talked about, there was like a 10-point gap uh, between revenue growth and cost growth. And in uh, Allegiance, a case a lot like that, a lot less rather than that. Uh, Yeah, new markets they've gone into. Charleston, South Carolina, uh, Sarasota, Florida, Nashville, Florida has become ever more uh, really the center of of, of this airline's uh, growth and its its uh, and its success. Always big in Florida, but um, but you know that's really where a lot of their growth in recent years has uh, has been. They're doing a great job managing capacity. They're actually now going back to more seasonal, you know, trimming off peak flights. They had become a little bit of a flatter airline. Uh, always a rather seasonally scheduled airline, but a less seasonally scheduled one than they used to be, kind of going back to really trimming off-peak flights. Uh, They have a new revenue management system, kind of worked well during the peak times, not as well during the off-peak times. So they're working on that. By the way, I should mention, all of these airlines uh, suffered from the the shift of the Easter period, uh, largely into the first quarter this year. So depending on which airline you are, that explains some part of everybody's decline. Now it doesn't explain a, you know, f- you know, a 4.3 point decline for Allegiance. Certainly doesn't explain a you know, 10 point decline for JetBlue. Um but but for some of these airlines, the leisure airlines especially, um that could be a point or two of 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 margin there. Uh so so they uh did indeed uh suffer from that. They suffer from the fuel spike. This is an airline that still has some of those old MD-80s that burn a lot of fuel. I mean, they're transitioning rapidly away from them, but uh, uh, fuel up 43% fuel costs up at Allegiance compared to uh, last year. For them, 9% uh, capacity growth, 9% ASM growth. So you see there too, that's interesting. I mentioned Spirit earlier at 31% growth. These are two airlines that at times have kind of been similar in terms of their, their uh, growth trajectories. Um, Allegiant for now, uh, growing considerably slower than, than Spirit, of course, trying to get its hands around its, uh, you know, its operational issues and so forth. Uh, a lot of that, though, does get better just as the, uh, the MD-80s exit the fleet. And we're down to the final three, the final three. <laughs> Delta, Southwest, and United. Who had the third smallest margin decline? The answer is... Southwest with a 4.3 point decline, just like Allegiant. Fractionally lower, however, or fractionally better, I should say. Southwest's operating margin of 16.8% was narrowly second to Allegiant's 17%. 
a good quarter for Southwest. A very good quarter, um, especially considering a lot of what they what they faced. I mean, tr- most tragically of all, the the, the engine failure and, and the, the passenger fatality. Uh, so even aside from sort of the direct cost of dealing with that, they suspended their marketing, which when you are an airline that depends, you know, kind of almost entirely on direct bookings, uh, that's a big deal. They say lost $100 million um, be- because of, of, of bookaways. Uh, you know, that's not going to be mostly people saying I'm never flying Southwest again. And part of that is they just weren't doing the things that they always do to drive the bookings, you know, the advertising, uh, which they spent a lot more on than, than, uh, than any other U S airline. They had to quickly transition to, um, 737 maxes. They, they sort of had to retire to the last of their very old generation of their, um, uh, 737-300s before they could start flying, the maxes, so that hurt. I mean, the Easter shift I mentioned before, like with everybody, there was a hailstorm in Denver that you know damaged seventeen of their planes. Uh, they had to take them out of service uh, for like a week to fix them. So, um, so considering all of that, you know, for them to have uh, both an, still an excellent absolute margin and one of the, uh, as you said, smallest declines of everybody, uh, really really quite a uh, a a good story now part of it in terms of why they didn't decline that much they they are a a, a well hedged airline still uh that's that makes them more and more unique you know they've always been big on hedging and and uh after last decade's fuel spike or kind of as it was going on other airlines sort of joined them and becoming more heavily hedged but by now everybody a lot of the others have sort of thrown up their hands and said look we were airlines not uh you know, futures trading firms, we're not going to be hedging as much. Southwest still does. And so when you're in a rising fuel environment, uh, that that helps Southwest. So it's helping this current quarter that we're in right now. Um, and what happened also is last year, a year earlier, after fuel had fallen, they had some wrong way hedges that sort of had inflated their fuel bill last year. And so then on a relative basis this year, uh, you know, not only do they have helpful hedges now, but uh, the comps are, are are easy for them because they're comparing themselves against a quarter when they really paid more for fuel than they would have if they weren't hedged. Um, but but again, all that aside, you know, you, you don't put up the kinds of margins that they're that they're putting up right now unless the reality is 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 rather good uh, as as in fact it is for Southwest. And then there were two. <laughs> so which airline, United or Delta? had the lowest year-over-year margin decline in the second quarter, it was Delta. They just keep winning. Delta's margins only declined by 2.1 points. Pretty amazing when you have fuel costs rising like they are. But United was right there with a very similar 2.5-point decline, and that led to a 12% operating profit margin. That seems very encouraging. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, in absolute terms, still, still a decent gap between those two, between Delta and United, 12% uh, operating mar- margin versus Delta's. Uh, in Delta's case, was a 16% margin. But, but United sort of establishing some distance uh, against American, uh, it's a different airline. United is much more of a growth airline, uh, you know, growing five percent. Uh, you know, whereas Delta and American are growing considerably less than that. A lot of that growth, we've talked about it before. They have this this small city strategy of sort of building up uh, capacity at the small cities, piping into their hubs, especially a place like Chicago, where they felt like they were uncompetitive in some markets against well against American, uh, and they say it's working. 
uh, that that uh, you know that's where some of their big unit revenue gains are. Uh, this is an airline that is unlike American, very well positioned to to benefit when um, disproportionately transatlantic and especially transpacific premium demand is uh, is healthy as indeed it is. Uh, you have United now really talking positively about its joint venture with uh, with the Lufthansa Group Airlines and Air Canada. That's something for a long time. It, I mean, that joint that JV has been around forever, but you never really heard United talk a lot about that. Um, and they say that's, uh, well, quote, working better than ever. And uh, look, all this as as there there's some hopeful signs ahead. Um, it, Denver, it hasn't gotten a chance yet to really uh, rebank Denver uh, to optimize for connecting traffic. Something that seems to be working well for United, so it's going to do that. Um, and, and believe it or not, it's flight attendants. There's still two separate work groups, United and Continental. And you say, United Continental, that was 10 years ago, that merger. Yeah. Um, but it took until now. And October is the big month for that. They're going to finally be integrated. So some new uh, new efficiencies there. And so uh, so United, um, you know, despite all the bad headlines, I mean, gosh, you know, Dr. Dow and... Uh, you know what was it before that leggings gate all the all that stuff that happened you know which which you know which was real and into to varying degrees um you know had 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 you know some impact on the business the core of the business at united is is uh it, you know seems to be uh going rather well here and an airline that uh and look it's still closer to american below it than it is to delta above it but at least it's it's uh just about now keeping pace with uh, uh, with Delta and it's American that has to worry uh, for now anyway about uh, about slipping in and, and by the way it's it's not just looking backward but looking forward to you know United is 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 guiding a considerably better uh, third quarter uh, than what American is guiding United is always a little bit more of a seasonal airline so a little bit of that is 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 attributable to uh, to, to that an airline that does tend to peak even a little more strongly in the third quarter than others. But uh, but yeah, no, ha- has to feel, an airline that has to feel good about what's going on. So Delta was the winner and we don't want to talk too much about Delta because we covered their, their quarter in the previous episode. But it should be said, after so many major US airlines have reported, Delta's second quarter is looking more impressive than we thought at the time. Their 16% operating margin was right among the leaders, Allegiant and Southwest, We're used to seeing Delta lead the big three in margin, but not the whole U.S. field. What do you make of that? Yeah, really remarkable. And I think once we're able to look back on the whole quarter, uh, airlines all around the world, once everybody's reported, uh, you you can bet that that's going to be right there at the top uh, of airlines around the world. I mean... You know, IAG is is always rather good. Japan Airlines, but there aren't going to be too many uh, reporting. You know, sixteen percent, sixteen percent margins. But also, you know, if, if I look at absolute terms, uh, so so the top three, just how top three operating margins in, in America uh, for for the second quarter, Allegiant seventeen percent, even seventeen point zero, Southwest sixteen point eight, Delta sixteen point three. So all within a, a point of each other. And you know, what that kind of shows is that there's more than one way to make money in the airline business, right? Uh, here, Allegiant, an ultra-low-cost airline with, with a very unique network and highly seasonally scheduled. Uh, Southwest, a, a, a fuller service, uh, more bundled, the most bundled among U.S. airlines. Uh, but a low-cost carrier, very short-haul focus, the shortest-haul airline really of, of, of all the U.S. airlines. 
And then Delta, this giant global airline, uh, full service and all the rest of it, uh, all right there, Allegiant, Southwest, uh, Delta. There's not just one way to, to, to do it. Well, for a negative episode, it sure ended on a positive note. <laughs> Funny how that works out that way. So let's wrap episode 102 of the Airline Weekly Lounge. As always, if you like the show, share it with your colleagues. They can subscri- subscribe to the Airline Weekly Lounge through iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever they get their podcasts. They can also subscribe at airlineweekly.com. For Seth Kaplan, I'm Jason Cottrell. Thanks for spending some time with us. This episode was sponsored by Cellpoint Mobile, a travel technology solutions provider. Visit www.cellpointmobile.com voyage aw to learn about Voyage, a mobile and internet booking solution designed specifically for airlines and travelers. That's www.cellpointmobile.com voyage aw